Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Growing Up 8 podcast. I'm your host, David Youngblood, and today's episode is entitled, Everything You Could Ever Want, Waiting for the Sears and Roebuck Catalog to Arrive, Part 2. Our closest set of cousins are those on our mother's side, her sister, whom we affectionately refer to as Nanan. She and her husband, our Uncle Ray, adopted and raised nine children, more than even our household. So visits were always large and joyous affairs. Like us, they were a large family growing up in East Texas. Ray was a coin collector, and I was ever amazed by his love of coins and ability to describe a history for each one in his collection. It was from him that I believe I began to cultivate my deep respect and fascination with artifacts of all kinds, not just coins. I simply love the idea of the history embedded within the boundaries of each artifact. It is akin to Michelangelo's suggestion that a block of stone has within it a sculpture that already exists, and the excess shell merely needs to be chiseled away to free the true form beneath. I see artifacts the same way, only the true form inside the artifact is a story, or even a set of stories needing emancipation. To hold an object in your hands or in your mind is to begin to speculate and spin the stories surrounding the people and events who may also have possessed the artifact, however briefly. The objects I turn in my hand still hold the DNA of the past within it. I merely need to chisel a little bit deeper to discover it. Because of this, I learned that when taking a walk, it is essential to notice the full environment that surrounds you, from geography to people to landscape and animal life. My tangential interaction with these encounters could be then cataloged deep within the recesses of my mind, laid against existing memory, and await the proper ignition in time to be restored and retold. A Homeric tradition lived out in a modern context. I would simply be channeling the story of a prior golden age. That may be why Doug's gift to me that winter of the Sears and Roebuck catalog reprinted from 1908 was so meaningful. It placed me for a small while into the past. I could flip through the pages just as someone else may have done so a hundred or more years prior, looking for just the right image and description to jar your excitement. A true muse, to be sure, every bit as reliable and wild as the nine sisters from Greek mythology. For us, the yearly arrival of the Sears catalog and its magical Christmas edition were much-anticipated events, ranking right up there with the fall-season cartoon preview show as far as thrill and anticipation. We would take turns leafing through the catalog, trying to decide the next candidate for a birthday or Christmas present. If you managed a little restraint, you could even save enough allowance to order something, or at least convince your parents to go in half with you. The whole process was by no means quick, and for the impulse control challenged, it was certainly a disappointment with typical orders taking four to six weeks. Though, truth be told, Most orders arrived at the back end of the six-week promise. We were a patient people, a family raised on delayed gratification. Music was such a big part of our lives growing up that listening to the radio play from Top 40 at some point in the day seemed as necessary as breathing. Radio stations along the AM dial were a constant companion to each of us. The only negative as far as Tom and I were concerned was transportability. Listening to the radio involved being indoors and tied to the radio in our shared bedrooms. How to be able to manage riding your bike or taking a walk in the woods or by the creek or playing any of the infinite outdoor games we devised in the neighborhood. To do it all and be able to listen to the radio 
would be an Edisonian accomplishment for us. No one wanted to carry the heavy, cumbersome radio that needed six D-cell batteries to operate. As far as we could tell, this was too difficult an engineering feat to overcome. Tom and I would need a miracle. Suddenly, there it was, emblazoned right before us on page 386 of the Sears catalog, the AM wrist radio, a watch radio that allowed the lucky owner to carry music with them and still maintain the use of your hands. True freedom, but freedom with a cost, $8.95 to be exact, which, when we did the calculation, meant months of restraint from trips to the local bakery for eclairs or walks to the nearest convenience store for pickles from the barrel washed down with a yoo-hoo, that magical chocolate-like drink that only children could love. Dad offered us an allowance in the early years of anywhere from $0.50 cents to $1.20, depending on your age. This was in exchange for keeping up with the household chores necessary to keep the house running and instill some discipline among the core. Chores included dishes, making your bed, cleaning the various rooms and bathrooms in the house, cutting the grass, and anything else that might be demanded. Of course, when split among eight, many hands making light work, the load was not overburdensome. Tom and I were in the 75 cents per month bracket. Saving the requisite amount would take some time, or, as we were realizing, a true miracle on par with the loaves and fishes. Tom and I did the math again and counted the feeble savings that remained from our last trip to the bakery. We were still well short by roughly $8.70 each. The blue wrist radio for me and the silver one for Tom seemed years away. Appropriation of the AM wrist radios needed discipline. We were months away from August and already past Christmas. Perhaps that was need, what was needed was a quick sale of one of our favorite records to a sibling. We could usually get about $4 from such a sale, but it meant parting with Elton John or with the Beatles. And since I had just purchased Yellow Submarine from Doug with my Christmas money, perhaps I could sell it back to him. Doug always seemed to have money. Tom would try to sell Elton John to Mary. She was crazy for EJ. And so little by little, bit by bit, we clawed our way to $8.95 apiece. Mom agreed to pay for the postage and delivery cost as well as the tax, all things we had not considered prior to our savings adventure. I have to say I admired our discipline as we braved the siblings' trips to the convenience store where we went yoo-hoo-less and passed our nickel passed out, I'm sorry, passed on nickel purchases of Bazooka Joe bubblegum. We even refused the seduction of the Topps baseball cards, all to secure the single AA battery-operated wrist radios. We were the poster children for delayed gratification. July arrived, and so did a package from Sears, and with it, at least for the remainder of summer, our freedom to enjoy the two things we craved the most, music and being outdoors in the middle of living an adventure. The miracle of Jesus feeding the masses became more believable as we tightened the wristbands and turned the tiny chrome knob until we heard Elton John's Crocodile Rock jump through WFIL on the AM dial from Philadelphia.